The accounts shared on this podcast, including this episode, reflect the guest's thoughtful recollections and opinions of experiences perceived and occurring over many years, including childhood memories, which may be fallible and limited by perspective and trauma. Persons may have different memories regarding certain events. Welcome back to Kavada Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. On the last episode of Kavah, we left off where Franny Fox and her husband had a thriving youth ministry. It was a sweet time in their life, and they were full of joy. Welcome back to Kavah the Podcast. We were married. We did not have children. Okay. Um, we had our first son in 1993, and such a blessing. He was such a blessing and such a big part of that youth group. Mm. By the time we were, he was two, we'd, he'd been to Mexico 10 times. Oh, how fun. He, he had gone everywhere. Those kids loved him. And some of those kids named their kids after him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's, it's amazing how little people can impact teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really wonderful, wonderful years of ministry. That's awesome. So you, um, okay, Bible college, and then you came back. And then after. He actually went to a junior college, and I went. And got my nursing degree. Okay. So both of us were still doing school. Oh, wow. And ministry and working hard. And those things were a huge blessing. Right. And then because of his degree that he received from a junior college and our Bible college, a seminary actually contacted him and said, we'll put that together and we'll move to L.A. I mean, you can come to L.A. and we'll put you in seminary. Oh, wow. Which was kind of a miracle in itself. Yeah. And then we have miracle after miracle of how God provided during those years. Um, but I always felt that we were a unit and that his successes were also my successes. Mm. Right. Absolutely. So off they went to Los Angeles to build their life together. But the City of Angels turned out to not be as glamorous as they expected. And so... Um... When you were in, when he was in seminary, and you have a little, a little one, and you're in school, and how's living? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was challenging. Those were really tough years. We, um, he'd work nights, midnight to six. I'd work days, seven to three. So, he would stay up all night, stay up all day watching the, oh, the little one. Wow. Or, he would stay up all night and go to seminary the next day. So. We, we did a lot of really, really hard things. Oh, my goodness. To achieve the goals that we were trying to achieve. We did a lot of really hard things financially. Um, those years, we couldn't afford diapers. We couldn't afford food. We really worked very, very hard. And 
you know, I can remember going to work and hiding all the knives in the house because I didn't want him to fall asleep and have the little two-year-old right. find stuff he couldn't, you know. Oh, my goodness. So, so those were trying times, but the Lord provided a really great job in a miraculous way, as he always did for us. Everything was a miracle, and I wow. don't mean that cliché. He really provided for us in miraculous ways. We'd go to the park. We'd meet somebody who had a great job. Wow. And on and on. So many times throughout our ministry and our life, God would provide to the exact dollar amount. And he was so faithful. I can remember being in Bible college and we lived on $25 a week. I'm not exaggerating. We had our dorm paid for. And this is not the 40s. This is not the 40s. This is this is the late 80s, early oh my 90s. Goodness. And so we would we would spend twenty dollars on groceries and five dollars on gas. And we became great big walkers because we had no money to go anywhere. So we started walking. And we walked for 30 some years based on that beginning. Wow. Wow. But I needed uh at that time I needed some medical testing. And a little old lady from a church that we were at previously wrote a check to us for an, an obscure amount of like four hundred and eighty-one dollars. Wow! So I go to the doctor, and the the test is four hundred and eighty-one dollars. Wow! And it seemed that God just kept doing things like that for us the whole way. He always provided like that, and He gave us a sweetness in that simplicity. And I think that's why I love simplicity so much, mm-hmm. because in simplicity you can see Him. There's not a lot that you're he, that he's competing with. Mm. And so there's you can see him in a greater way. This God that they had dedicated their lives to was coming through for them. As they walked in faith, they walked in miracles. But Franny was still seeking truth. Even with her husband, her son, and another one on the way, she felt like she was drifting along in doubt. And so what happened after that? He became a youth pastor again, and we worked okay. it for another church, and I had another son, another wonderful, wonderful son. And this sweet little family was going along, but, you know, still we had never had, like, counseling for the things that we'd been through. Yeah. And ministry can take over a family easily. Mm-hmm. And probably 10 or 11 years in, there was some issues with, work and reality Mm. because as much as we want to serve the Lord, we have to be real with our own limitations. Right. Right. And so you're home with two little home with two little kids Mm -hmm. and he's working and in seminary. Okay. At this time, you know, we don't have, there's no times where I didn't have a car, you know, even if the kids were sick or whatever, it was just, it was, again, very challenging, but I never felt that it wasn't worth it. Right. And there's so much scripture that I felt, you know, um, God's loving kindness is better than life. Like, I felt mm. the choice to choose the Lord over and over and over again. And the temptations were resentment, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big temptation. I wasn't always successful with that. But the, mm. the things of our heart are the real things. Mm-hmm. that we're challenged with, you know. And so, like, um, the physical and real challenges were there, but the heart challenges were bigger. Mm. And at the time, you know, 
the internet hadn't happened yet. Right. And so there was really no way to seek counsel. And I felt as a youth pastor's wife and a pastor's wife, I had to be perfect. And that was, Mm. that's a great big issue that the Lord is showing me now that is so false. But in that perfectionism, I, I hid my feelings. Mm. And in that, I didn't feel that I had a right to take up space Mm. um, because other people's needs were more important than mine. Mm. And that's kind of the belief system that I had adopted is if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. And we were brave servants. Like we witnessed, we'd go street witnessing in Palm Springs. We, we did a lot of great ministry. I I really want to keep saying that just amazing. Led a lot of people to Christ discipled a lot of people, loved a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in doing that, in a, none of that's wrong. It's all right. I wasn't loving myself. Mm. And I didn't even really know how. So one of the ways that I could tend to myself was Christian radio because mm-hmm. it's free. Yeah. So I would listen from like 7 in the morning till 1 o'clock every single day. And I would seek and listen and listen and listen, trying to find answers that I couldn't find. Mm. And I also would go to the public library mm. and check out books, even because I couldn't afford books. Right. So I read all kinds of books, um, the best I could get at yeah. the public library. Yeah. So what were you seeking? I was seeking wisdom. Mm. I was seeking how to have successful relationship. Mm. Because I would say getting married at 18 and 19 out of troubled homes you really don't have the skills, even with all of the biblical training, right. there's still an element of not knowing how to respect somebody else. Mm. Okay. So you were seeking wisdom. Seeking wisdom. And he did give me wisdom. He taught me so much. And I would apply what I could learn mm-hmm. so that I could have success. I yeah. wanted to be successful for my kids. Yeah. I wanted to create stability for my kids. Right. And... And I love the Lord and I loved my husband. I wanted to create what I could. Yeah. I wanted a different life than what I had experienced. Franny's oldest son, Isaac, who had traveled to Mexico with them 10 times before the age of two, remembers how his mother cared for their family by providing healthy meals. She did the best she could on their shoestring budget. I think anybody who knows my mom, anybody who's listening to this podcast who knows Franny really well, knows that she always wants to take care of people the best way she can. Like if there's something that she can do for them, even if they're not asking, she's going to do that for them. And and I experienced this at a really early age, like probably around the age of uh, four or five, where one time she had made me a quesadilla. And <laughs> it wasn't any ordinary quesadilla. Okay. Um, it was a quesadilla that... Uh, most of them are flat. This one right. had a huge lump in it. Okay. And we're trying to figure out what it was. And at the time, to preface this for all the listeners, uh, my mom is a health food freak and she has been for years. Her breakfast is an avocado and almond butter and chocolate milk all at the same time. <laughs> and so we cut into the, the quesadilla and as soon as we get about halfway through it, Kelly, I'm not even messing around right now. We get halfway through and it folds in on itself and we pick it up and it's like the sands of time pouring out, but it's flaxseed. Oh. 
flaxseed and flaxseed and flaxseed. Keep in mind, we didn't know that was on the menu. Franny loved her family with everything she had. Sometimes all she had was flaxseed. She poured everything into her family and her husband's ministry. But during those years, she struggled to stay anchored in truth. She kept hearing whispers that she wasn't enough for her family, that she wasn't good enough to be a pastor's wife. These lies only grew stronger when Franny's husband encountered Francis Chan, a well-known pastor of a church in Simi Valley, California. The two hit it off, and Franny was thrust into the spotlight. For the next few years, Francis Chan and Franny's husband worked side by side. Well, he spoke at a camp, and Francis Chan was there, and he became very good friends with him. And they, we ended up going to Cornerstone Simi and working in that capacity where he became a, a, an executive pastor and a speaking pastor and ministry even, it grew even from there. Mm-hmm. And still, I'm not, I'm not thinking about myself at all. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about him and ministry right. and my kids, and I'm still not recognizing my own needs mm-hmm. and I'm denying them and denying them. And it's very easy to lose your way mm-hmm. even in Christian circles. Yeah. But it doesn't make it not real. As Franny stepped into the complicated beauty of public Christian life, God began a new chapter in his story with her. Because her husband's new boss was a well-known author and speaker and Franny was still healing from abuse and loss, she had to trust the real God in order to overcome her insecurities. And in that denial, you become kind of controlling mm-hmm. because something has to matter. Mm. So even in that denial, you're, you find something you can control. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I was very controlling about my food and exercise and cleaning and things that I could control and perform Mm -hmm. well in, which is a common struggle for women, but it doesn't lead to freedom. Mm -hmm. And I could hear the Lord calling me a lot. Mm -hmm. And while we were still in that ministry, I I remember spending time with the Lord, reading the New Living Translation for the first time, loving it. And the Lord just enveloped me. And I could feel his presence all around me on a deeper level, almost mm-hmm. like another dimension. Yeah. And I thought, Lord, why would you bless me so much with your presence? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that for me? I do want to say being home with little kids mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. with not, we didn't have family around us or finances. So it was pretty lonely, mm-hmm. but it was great training ground in spending time alone with God. Mm. And I don't regret those years right. being with my kids, being in the word. I don't regret it because it created a deeper level of truth in me mm-hmm. that is worth everything. Yeah. God showed Franny that he was real and his truth was more powerful than the lies she was living under. She bravely trusted him as he led her family away from their home state of California. Shortly after that, my husband and I moved to Texas and started a church here. So you moved to Texas, which is hot. Sorry. (laughs) I got to meet you here. 
we moved to Texas, it was very hot. <laughs> but there, uh, there's great things here, fireflies and really green oaks. There's a lot of beauty in Texas that California doesn't have. Yeah. But California has some beauty, too. Right, right. And we started a little church, and that, again, another miracle story. Mm-hmm. 30 families came with us to start that church. Oh, Wow. And that little group of people raised $100,000 to start that church. And, you know, we were taking big risks, not knowing if we'd have a salary, nothing. And God never missed a beat for us. Wow. We we lived on $36,000 for the whole time of raising our kids, which is, again, (laughs) challenging. But we were used to that challenge. Yeah. And we were good at that challenge. Yeah. And God gave us a wonderful home. And it was a great place to raise our kids. And the little church grew and grew and grew and became a really wonderful church, a Mm -hmm. giving church, a church that supported missionaries and had great goals of giving away 50%. And it was an unselfish church, and it met Mm -hmm. a lot of people's needs. And I don't regret that at all. Yeah. So started church and you went to work when we got here I I was a nurse and that was a provision I feel from the Lord mm-hmm. Franny's son Isaac came to appreciate her flaxseed quesadillas as he grew older he saw his mother's determination to provide for her family no matter what this revealed itself yet again when she was getting her nursing license when she was getting her nursing license mm-hmm. right? We were at Eastfield College, and for the listeners, Eastfield is like, um, it's, in a, it's in a town called Mesquite, right? Yes. Yeah. Which looks like the end of the world. And <laughs> it looks like end times. And um, essentially, the college does. Mesquite's fine if you live there. It's nice. But when we were there, when we were there in the school, the school was in the middle of a lockdown um, where somebody had brought a, a firearm on the campus and we all had to figure out where we were going. And I was listening to my iPod at the time, and I didn't hear the alarm going off. So I was walking around, and Mom found me, got me to a whatever classroom, yeah. rotating classes at the same time. It was really good. But the amazing thing about that is uh, there's three of us going to the college at the same time. None of us went back, and Franny continued to go back, and then also got her nursing license. Wow. From the same school where there was a lockdown just 24 hours ago, where some people I don't think would have done that. And it wasn't that she made some weird decision. She really just didn't give it that much attention. Mm. She just went and yeah. got her job done. Always, every good thing is from the Lord. I do yeah. believe that. But um, I worked at a, a local hospital here the whole time that we were here. So I worked at that hospital for 14 years. God allowed me to meet a lot of people and mm-hmm. to grow up a lot in my own world in my own capacity Mm -hmm. and I see every single thing God does in my life as a as a stepping stone to learning something more about myself and about him I know that you in your work life you impacted a lot of people um, and were able to even baptize some women (laughs) well it was so great because again the Lord is so amazing and I've had some great experiences at work, even talking with doctors about their faith yeah. and um, patients coming out of anesthesia and talking during, <laughs> as we're talking about the Lord. 
But some of the women that I've met there, um, I've been able to direct towards Christ. And then Mm -hmm. I, you know, I ended up, they ended up coming to our church and I was able to baptize two women from the hospital and one had cancer and she became a sweet friend of mine. And God used that relationship for provision for this time in my life. Right. Right. And he does that every time, every time I have, if I need something, one of my life verses are, is the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And everyone that knows me knows Mm -hmm. that is a verse that I, I don't just say, I count it as true. Right. And so if I'm going to need something, Mm -hmm. he's going to bring it Right. and I can't see it unfold, but he does that. And if I don't have it, I don't need it. And that is really what I believe in my heart. If I could say how strongly I believe that, it's my core. Right. That is my core belief. Yeah, absolutely. So um, church, that's been a huge part of your life Mm -hmm. in the past however many years. I would say that I, nursing, church, teaching, discipleship, Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I've done with my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you've impacted many, many people with your life. Thank you. They've impacted me too. Yeah. With her husband starting a church in a new state and her heart still struggling with insecurity and doubt, Franny wondered if she was enough for her family and her church. This battle against lies got even more challenging in the next chapter of her life when she experienced a loss she would never have imagined. Join us next time for Episode 3 of Franny Fox's Story. Thanks again for listening to Kaval the Podcast. It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kavatha Podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.